Hey, this is Troy from Planet 76. We've got some really good Sixers-focused content coming your way today. Make sure you subscribe to the pod so you can be in the know when we release new content. Enjoy the show. Welcome in, Planet 76 Sixers fans, to your favorite Sixers podcast. I am one of your hosts, Troy. i got Michael here with me, as always, and uh, Positive yes. Vibes. Uh, episode title, Get the Brooms. Episode 93, Sixers Sweep the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, hopefully you've listened to or watched or heard or whatever uh, you Planet 7, 6, 5-minute recaps after every Sixers playoff game. Do want to remind you of that. Game 1, 2, 3, and 4, uh, we did a recap. I mean, pretty much immediately following each game uh, posted everywhere that you can listen to the podcast and even on Instagram. So if you follow us, Planet 76 Podcast, on Instagram, uh, you can check those out. Uh, those will certainly be coming for round two and hopefully beyond yes. round two for the Sixers. <laughs> we'll see what happens, how all that plays out. But uh Again, uh, we're going to break down, kind of just recap the series that was. Uh, maybe take a glance ahead uh, to what's to come for the Sixers as uh, Boston took a 3-1 to one lead on the Atlanta Hawks tonight, recording Sunday the 23rd. Uh, so we'll see what happens in that series. But the Sixers are the first ones into the into their second round, and uh, we couldn't be more happy to, to talk about that and talk about some good things. And um, So, Michael, why don't you – I mean, what's your – Let's just call it this. Let's call it an opening statement uh, before we get into the into the nitty gritty of what the round consisted of. What's your opening statement on uh, round one, Sixers sweeping the Nets? Feels good. That's what I'm gonna say. Feels good. It's nice to really take care of things in the best way possible because the Sixers kind of struggled with that this year, beating teams they're supposed to beat and doing things they're supposed to do, doing things that great teams do. The Sixers kind of struggle with that this season, so I'm glad to see them do that in the playoffs when it really, truly matters the most. So I think, right. I think, uh, wait, wait, what did I say? I forget what I just said already. <laughs> what did I say? Doing, doing what, what they're supposed, supposed to do. do yeah, right? yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, and that's a that's a key point. You know, sometimes even one of the commentators during one of the games did mention that Sixers have played down to their opponents at times, and we saw some of that in glimpses, I guess, during this series, but obviously it wasn't enough to, um, you know, make the Sixers lose a game or drop a game. But, um, you know, I, I would say, and I would agree, that they just took care of business. They did what they were supposed to do. Um, they, you know, did they're they supposed to do. They took care of business. Um, Joel Embiid, his knee injury is a concern, obviously, um, that we're going to be monitoring closely. How, you know, he's a really good thing that he gets a week off or so with some rest. Um, so that's a good thing. But, yeah, I, I think they did what they were supposed to do. And, I, and, and during their, you know, last full-length episode, we talked about the Nets. We talked about how they're, a, a you know, a – a gritty team. They got some guys who who play hard and, and want to win, and they got some guys forming into stars in Mikael Bridges. And but you know we were we were awfully nice. I think last week. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's fair. I mean, the net just on paper they're just not they're the worst team in the playoffs probably, um, even as a six seed that the Nets were. I mean, they're just not good. And so this is why we're saying it's to be expected. This is why we're saying they took care of business. 
Uh, they did what they were supposed to do, what they're, you know, capable of doing against a lesser opponent. Um, and so that's what I see. But, you know, we can get into some details of the games and even an overall um, thing is what we're looking forward to, looking ahead to. But um, real quickly, I gave four titles to these games for one-liner statements that I kind of could sum up these games. And the game one, I called that the to-be-expected game. Um, Sixers win by 20. They yes. won each quarter by 5, 4, 3, and 8. So it wasn't like they got up 20 and held it. They, they you know, got it to 5. They got it to 9 at half. They got it to 12, and then they won by 20. Um, just some methodical win for the Sixers. Harden and Embiid both played well, 23 and 26, respectively. Uh, P.J. Tucker doing what P.J. Tucker does in that one. So I said that was just to be expected. I don't think anyone was surprised by that. Uh, game two, I just said that it starts on defense. Uh, Sixers were down after a sloppy first half of basketball, but then they held the, the Nets to 38 points in the second half, and that's what got the momentum going. Game three, and I'll get your thoughts on this you know, here in just a second, but game three, digging deep in a hostile environment. Game three was wild. Um, a couple ejections, a lot of, I mean, flagrant fouls. It was a mess, and that could also be to be expected because it was the first game in Brooklyn, uh, but they dug deep. You know, Harden couldn't play after the end of the third quarter, and the Sixers were losing. They dug deep, found a way to win. Then game four without Joel Embiid, I just, I just called that a tough team win. I mean, this team also dug deep in that one, but, you know, Harris, sh- you know, uh, showed up. Tyrese Maxey had 16. Melton had 15, I think, all in the fourth quarter. And then uh, Paul yes. Reed had 10 and 15, <laughs> inserting into the starting lineup. So I know that's making you smile. Uh, but what about you? How did you? How would you describe what you saw in one of these games or all of these games? Yeah, I really like the titles you have here, to be expected. Starts on defense. I think game one was, I, was definitely, obviously, the best game of the right. series in a lot of ways. Sixers ended that game in a 20-point win. Harden was really good. Embiid was good. P.J. Tucker was really <laughs> good. And, again, you just you can't say enough about Tucker. We've been talking about him here quite a lot on the podcast. I've been talking about him basically every day at yeah, this point right. on my page. So it's really great to see that. Tobias Harris was great. And we'll get more into Harris a little bit in this episode, I'm sure. But Harris was fantastic in this series overall. And the Sixers ended up winning by 20. Mikel Bridges, Troy has here. I'll just touch on that a little bit. He did play well. He only shot twice in the second, in the second half. Right. And a lot of his shots in the first half. Not going to lie, Sixers' defense was kind of lazy in the first half of that game because, like I said, Mikel Bridges kind of just got any shot he wanted. Now, he didn't make all of them, obviously, but he made a lot of them, and he scored a lot of points, 23 in the first half. So that's what you saw there. But game one was great. James Harden was insane. Some of those threes he was yeah. making, we didn't really talk about that at all, but some of the threes he was making, he was just unconscious from three. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. So really all around great win. Easily the best game of the series. Game two was, uh, you know, <laughs> it was shaky to say the least, but Sixers ended up winning by 12. Um Bridges went off the first game, and Cam Johnson comes in to help Bridges right. out the next game with 28 points. I think he had 18 in the – 15 or 18 in, in a quarter, I believe yeah. he had. Yeah, he played well. But Maxi came out, was amazing in that game, 33 points. I think he had six threes as well, which was ridiculous. I, I really like what I'm seeing from Maxi, and 
But the good thing that we're seeing is that Maxi's play style is translating to the playoffs, which is something I think some people were concerned about because mm-hmm. last year, I think he played okay in the playoffs. But that's something that the Sixers are desperately, let me emphasize this, desperately going to need against the Celtics because they're going to make life difficult for Harden. They're going to make life difficult for Embiid. Somebody has to shine there, yeah. and it's going to have to be Maxi because of how dynamic he is, especially as a scorer, off-the-dribble, catch-and-go kind of player that he is. He's going to be so crucial in this next series against the Celtics, so it's great to see him do that. Embiid, 20 points, 19 rebounds. Now, I know that he did not shoot particularly well from the field, but the Sixers did end up winning, and as we've talked about on here many times, winning cures all. Yeah, so, exactly. So I think, <laughs> so I think it's uh, I think it's okay to look over that, just glance over that. I don't, I don't, I'm not really too concerned with that. Again, Harris, fantastic, and Harden, not so much. But it's okay. <laughs> it's it's fine. It's okay. That's what I'm saying. In all. scenarios, yes, exactly. In scenarios where Harden is struggling, not playing well. That's where Maxi needs to come in because he is the kind of guy that can pick up the slack for other players, like I said, because of how dynamic he is with the ball in his hands, catch and shoot, take guys off the dribble, get to the rim almost at will. Just such a dynamic threat with the ball. And that's just going to be so crucial mm-hmm. for the Sixers. So did you mention Game 3 at all or are we going to get to Game 3? Yeah, I mean, what, the only thing I would say on Game Three, you know, yeah. I was just thinking there is is Tyrese Maxey and how he, another fabulous how he ended yeah. that game because um, it didn't look good. Like, let's not let's be honest. No, it it, it didn't look good. It was looking like okay, it's going to be especially a, after the ejection. Right, and, yeah, James Harden was. I don't know if you, you know. I thought he was starting to cook a little bit. Like he he made yes, a couple plays was. in a row and then he's gone. Um, and you're like, okay. In, you know, Embiid's been on the floor 18 times tonight. He doesn't look good. He doesn't look himself. He's clearly, you know, injured and laboring. And then Harden's gone. So it just didn't look good for a lot of moments in that no. game. And, you know, when you lose game three, it's like, you know, 2-1, you know, who knows what can happen. Um, you know, Boston was thinking that, that tonight. At that point, Atlanta. it's anybody's right. series, yeah. Right. And then, you know, Boston able to win against Atlanta tonight to make it 3-1. But, like, you know, if it goes 2-2, you never know what's going to happen. That's for sure. So. Yeah. Um, but Tyrese Maxey was phenomenal, and what I'll say to that, um, and you, you know, you touched on it. Like he just did so much as a creator for himself yeah. in that one, and he needed to because Harden's not there. Uh, and then even in, I think in Game Four there was moments in Game Two, obviously when he had 33, but like he was so reliable with the ball in his hands um, and not relying on someone else to get the job done when they needed a bucket. Like, Tyrese had the ball. And, again, that's on a, a, a team with James Harden and Joel Embiid. So, props to Tyrese Maxey for doing what he did uh, to close that game. So, the fourth quarter alone, the, the Sixers beat him 26-15. to 15, Ended the game on an 11-1 run, um, a game that they win by five. So, I mean, what else can be said about that one? They found a way to win. I think I think we should have a Tyrese Maxey centered episode in the offseason <laughs> maybe he'll join the podcast hey hey tyrese if you're listening you should come on the podcast we would love to have you That's on right. that'll be fun yeah, he's got his own maxi on the Is mic like f- i saw he's, he's got a few episodes oh, really? in. yeah not too many That's but awesome. he just started maxi on the mic maybe maybe we could join his podcast That's right we'll do something <laughs> man shoot <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Maxi was huge. That's what jumps out to me. How about Game Four? What's uh, yeah. what 
you know, I mean, maybe it's Paul Reed, but what, I mean, what what is it? What jumps so out? So many yeah. things in Game Four, and you do touch on a few of them, actually, basically all of them, honestly. But um, just a weird game because yeah. the Sixers were down. I don't have the box score in front of me, but the Sixers were down for a majority of the game. I think the first time they led was was maybe the fourth quarter or late in the third quarter because they went up 2-0 in the first quarter and they didn't lead again for the whole first quarter, whole second quarter, at least the whole third quarter, and maybe just in the fourth quarter did they take a lead. Right, yeah, it was it was real and close going to the fourth. I forget the exact time stamp yeah. to when they did, but just such a great win in so many ways. Obviously, Joel Embiid is not playing this game, so it's basically a must win <laughs> and they did they did exactly what they were supposed to do like troy and i touched on earlier they did exactly what they were supposed to do they win without mp they they shut the series down they end the series they sweep the nets they give themselves a week's worth of rest right. maybe even more and something like that you 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 can't even begin to to describe how beneficial that is not even just for Embiid, for harden uh, i mean sure. he, he he obviously he wasn't dealing with injury this series but you know with any nagging injury that he may have a week's a week off is great and just for the for the team they they, they deserved it they earned that because they won they closed the series they got the job done like they're supposed to do harris was great in that closeout game um he he really took the opportunity to show up in in Embiid's absence, he was great. He played very good defense. Um, he took advantages of mismatches when he got matched up on Dinwiddie in the post. He took guys to the post. Uh, Cam Johnson as well really did a great job at scoring the ball, and I, 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 I'm pretty sure he was fairly efficient as well. But defended very well rebounded very well in this whole series he rebounded very well yeah he was 11 for 19 so that's really good 19 shots is a lot but when Embiid's sitting sure he, he can take that many shots he he st takes a step up on the totem pole so he can take that many shots 25 points 12 rebounds 50 percent from three on four attempts that's the kind of Tobias Harris game that you need in the game that you want yeah again High, high, emph great emphasis on in Embiid's absence because mm -hmm. what what Harris does, I think, matters so much more when Embiid is not playing because that's when he really truly needs to step up. Because if when he's struggling, when Embiid is playing, I think it's a lot easier to mask that. But when he's not, or when Embiid's not playing, Harris really needs to step up because it's a lot harder to mask when Harden I mean when Harris doesn't play well right so when Embiid's not playing Harris really needs to step up and he did in game four and finale the grand finale of my rant is Paul <laughs> Reed Paul Reed I don't even Sheesh. you it's just one of those games and I think we talk about the, I mean I think I say this every episode but you have to watch the game to see what what actually happened because for for probably I mean the entire the entire third quarter. He was just everywhere all at once. Everywhere. Blocking shots, rebounding, running the floor. 
um, passing in transition. Just he was doing everything in the third quarter. He had nine rebounds in the third quarter. The fourth quarter, obviously carried over, but I think he injured himself a little bit in the fourth quarter, so he didn't play as much. But he single-handedly kept the Sixers in that game in the third quarter. No joke, because you gotta wa- you gotta watch the game to see that. Right. You-, you wouldn't be able to tell the tell that by just looking at the box score. The box score shows his 15 rebounds, 10 points. It's great, but the box score does not show you the hustle, the the contesting at the rim. The, the bullying Claxon and everybody on the nets, on the glass, on both ends of the floor, the scoring in the paint, the, the, the soft touch at the rim, the box score doesn't show all that. And Paul Reed had all of that this game. Yeah. At least in the third in the third quarter, he had all of that. He was phenomenal. And again, career high in rebounds. In the playoffs. On the biggest stage, Paul Reed shines and absolutely just did everything to help the Sixers win this game. And honorable mention goes to DeAnthony Melton. You know, I had to bring it up. Heck yeah. 15 points in the fourth quarter. I think he had four threes. He was great. He was great. And played very good defense as well. Rant's over. He was great. Good night. Episode's over. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be. That's good stuff. I, You know, I'll touch on that too. But Paul Reed, another notable he only had three fouls. Uh, that's been an issue, yeah. obviously, with him his whole career. But he played over 30 minutes. If you if you say Paul Reed's getting over 30 minutes, he only has three fouls, you're taking that every single day of the week. Um, Tobias Harris was massive. You know, I liked – I mean, you hit it spot on, so I'm not going to go into too much detail there. But, you know, he took Dinwiddie in the post a couple times. And, you know, again, beyond yeah. the 25 and what, 25 and 12 that he had, he was – big late in the game you know a couple couple turnaround jumpers one was an and one uh melton was obviously huge um you know for this game about t- harris yeah yeah harris yeah in the, in the post um and melton's couple shots that he hit obviously in the fourth to help seal it and then harris hit a three to really seal it saw the fans exit in the building after he hit that one uh, which was <laughs> sweet so i actually had to watch this game so my wife had a had a baby shower to go to at one o'clock Sixers game was at one o'clock and I had to take her to the shower and I was like oh my goodness unbelievable because it was like an hour from where we live so okay I was like all right let me drop you off and then I gotta find a sports bar I gotta watch the game (laughs) so I found some like sports bar and I'm just you know minding my own business doing my thing there's some Nets fans I live on Long Island um but then Maxi must have been third quarter Maxi hit a three then the Nets called timeout immediately we went up like five or six and like I, so like I had a glass of water in front of me, and like I like cheered really loud, and like I accidentally hit the bottle, and it like <laughs> fell all over the restaurant, oh, all no. over the floor, and like the people in the booth next to me were like, "Wait, what?" Like a little scared because it made a loud noise. I was like, "Yeah, sorry, I got too excited," but it was like, yeah, you, they, they should. To, they're probably gonna ban you from that place now. You'll I never know. be allowed back in there. I know. Have my Sixers gear on, dude. I was loving it because that shot was huge, and I got pumped because that was that game again without Embiid. The Nets were just annoying to play in Brooklyn. Let's be honest. And so those two games yeah. to win those, you know, end of game three and then you know third fourth quarter of game four were just just felt really good and felt really good to get the sweep because again we'd still be playing. Like think about the break that they have. So Sixers yeah. were the first game of the playoffs on last Saturday, and they end. You know, they're the first team out of round one on Saturday at 3.30 in the afternoon. Like, one week, literally one week, and they're out. 
uh, the first round. You know, you think about Boston, who is probably going to win their series in five, and yet they're going to end their series three days after the Sixers do. I mean, that's huge. To be the only team in the East to get the sweep, to get those extra days rest on the Celtics three or four, five days if it ends up going six, is massive. So uh, we'll see how all that plays out too. But just wanted to share that story. Um, <laughs> all right, so... Let's see here. Let's see here. I do have a question for you. So if we're going to say yeah. the Celtics are up 3-1, um, I mean, how do you, again, the talent level between the Nets and the Celtics is different. Um, Celtics, you know, Sixers have to go to TD Garden for the first two, the, you know, home court for the Celtics. Um, the depth level for the Celtics, it's just not comparison. Um, Sixers have beaten the Nets a lot of times in a row now. And they struggle against the Celtics. Let's be honest. Joel Embiid said it best a couple years back. So, like, what can you even take? You know, six or sweep. We got this question for the preview episode of uh, of the first round. They, you know, the person said, "Okay, if the Sixers get a sweep, or if they win in seven, like, how's that going to play into next round?" So let's yeah. answer that now that we know it's a sweep. How can can anything go into next round that we can take and say, "Yeah, let's apply that in a good way," or not so much. And the one I have a question in particular about is obviously there's a couple guys for the Celtics that are better yet similar play styles I see in in Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and yet the two guys that played the best for the Nets were Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson, kind of similar roles, similar positions, obviously. Is there any connection there that can be applied even defensively? Well... I think I really think Paul Reed is going to be very valuable for this hmm. series. I think his versatility, I think the way he can disrupt shots at the rim, I think his rebounding is going to be very big because you have the Celtics who they don't really have a center. And right. when you have a guy like Paul Reed, I think with the wingspan, the length that he has, I think he, maybe not physically because Rob Williams is a bigger guy Alberford's a little bigger in stature but I think from a verticality length perspective I think he matches up really well with them at the rim because he's also a little quicker than both of them and I think that helps a lot especially when it comes to you know chasing rebounds crashing the glass getting in front of quicker players I think Paul Reed is going to help mm-hmm. the Sixers back line a lot and when Embiid is on the bench yeah I think I think Tucker is going to be huge, and he was huge in this series. I think that's going to carry over to the Celtics series because you need a guy that can just hit a three. And, and even though right. Tucker didn't shoot that great this series, which he'll he's not going to go, yeah, he's not going to go 100. But he'll get some looks. And I think I think and Harris is going to be massive for the series. And yeah. I feel like that should probably go without saying too. But he was massive this series against the Nets. He's going to be massive in the series against the Celtics. He's going to have to play some really good defense because odds are he's going to get matched up with Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. I assume it's Tatum because, to be honest, I don't really know who else is going to guard Tatum in the starting lineup. Mm. So, yeah, I assume it's Tatum. He's going to have to play some really good defense on Tatum. I think he's up for it. And he's going to have to, he's going to, have to hit some, some shots. He's going to have to hit his shots. He's going to have to be able to take guys off the dribble. He's going to have to be able to take advantage of mismatches all the things he did in this series he's gonna have to take it up a notch because they're playing a tougher opponent he's gonna have difficult more difficult matchups 
even though or even if it's the same kind of smaller players he's being guarded by he's still gonna have to take advantage because those smaller players are still better players better defenders than the guys he was going up against in those mismatch scenarios against the nets yeah man that's you got me you got me ready i want the series to start tomorrow shoot like <laughs> i mean this dude isn't even I, our... I do but i don't and yeah i yeah. i don't want to say anything else this isn't even the second round preview episode, you know, second round preview episode yet, and we're getting nah, some good stuff. That's really good. There's still a lot to be said, though. You know, I, I, oh, yeah. There's a lot to get into in the next episode. So, But I like what you shared about Paul Reed specifically. Yeah. Um, and, and who knows? Maybe, obviously, we won game four, but maybe Paul Reed's performance in game four not having Joel Embiid was a blessing in disguise because of what he did. And that's a that's got to be a confidence builder. It's got to be a confidence builder. Yeah. In Paul Reed and in the coaching staff to get him some time out there and use him in unique ways. And again, he is a guy that can match up with some of these forwards for the Celtics and, you know, wreak havoc, especially around the rim. Um, so that's, I mean, 10 points, 15 rebounds in Embiid's absence. Um, yeah, but I mean, again, again, even ahead of the next series, obviously Joel Embiid's health is, is a huge concern. Um, yeah. huge, uh, you know, huge priority to get him right. You know, he he missed the first couple games of the second round last year against Miami, and we don't want to see that happen again. I don't think there's certainly any decision regarding that yet. Um, it's going to depend on when the series starts. I looked ahead a little bit, so um, obviously, you know, potential game sevens, Eastern Conference, Western Conference, whole NBA for round one are this weekend, Saturday, Sunday. So round one will be done oh, by Sunday. Okay. Um, now, I don't know how the NBA works it. If the Celtics win on Tuesday and then that matchup's ready, are they going to wait until next Monday to tip that one off? I don't know. Yeah. Um, depends on how everything else plays out. I don't know if other series, I mean, maybe none will go seven. I don't know. There's, I mean, the Knicks are up 3-1. Um, Miami's up, what, 2-1. to one. So yeah. we'll have to see how it shakes out. But... As soon as we know our opponent, we're definitely going to uh, record a full-length preview episode for round two. Again, we're likely thinking it's going to be the Celtics. We don't necessarily want it to be, but uh, <laughs> it's actually the last thing we want. It's actually the last thing we want. Yes. Yes. Um, all right. So I said Joel Embiid, but do you have any other, just to close out this episode, any other yeah. priorities, any other things um, you know, ahead of next series in this next week just to – for us to be aware of as fans of the Sixers besides Joel Embiid or anything just to look for potentially in the next series, um, you know, based on what we've seen from the Sixers so far in the playoffs. Yeah, I think Harden's going to have to be a little better from a scoring perspective because he, don't get me wrong, I did say before, you know, prefacing this episode, I did say that he played well. For uh, game one, he was very good. Game three, he was good. Game two and four, he struggled a little bit. And he's going to have to be a little better from an efficiency standpoint. He really, the only issue I have is him scoring at the rim seemed to be a big yeah. issue. And I don't, I was beside myself in game four when he got to the basket, miss after miss after miss after miss. I was, I was, I was just, it was baffling to me <laughs> how many shots he was missing at the rim. I was like, yeah. Absolutely, just I I lost her words like I am right now. It was it was <laughs> I, it was absurd. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen, 
And I'm going to chalk it up to that being an outlier. Because okay. he has had games like that in the regular season. Few and far between. But still he has. I I can't pinpoint what it is. For some reason, he just doesn't... He can't get up to the rim like he used to. I don't right. know what it is, but... That's gonna have to be that that that's got to be fixed for the Celtics series. That cannot happen. He cannot have blunders like that against the Celtics. He I know. and the crazy thing I, I talked about it today in a post. The crazy thing is he can get to the rim, but once he gets there, he can't score at the rim. It's the weirdest thing ever. And and he didn't get to the line as much either. No, he didn't. It's so, it. it it was like there was something, an imaginary block covering the rim. Right. Just the way the ball would bounce up and off and roll in and roll out off the backboard and then hit the front rim and out. It, it, I just don't, I don't even know how to explain it. So mm. that's going to ha- that's got to be fixed and that cannot happen in any capacity yeah. against the Celtics. Right. You're right. And I'm, you know, I'm laughing, but you're right. And it's like, and it, it gets me a little nervous because, you know, like you said, we have seen it. We hope it's an outlier, but we have seen it before. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard because, like, you – this I mean, it's weird because this is one of the greatest scorers in the history of the yeah, NBA. It's so weird. And one of our – now, again, he's older now. He has he plays a different role even yeah. on this team as a facilitator, led the league in assists. But, like, against Boston, like – Oh man, what's he gonna have it's to do? What, you know, I, I don't want to put a number of points or whatever that he has to no. get, but like, it doesn't. I don't think it matters too much about how many he scores. I think what matters. Efficiency. Yes, I think what matters most is can he score at the rim. That's yeah. what matters most to me. If he's gonna go one for eight on twos, that's not good. And then okay, if he ends up going six for seven on threes, that's also an outlier because it <laughs> it happened. I think it was game three or game one or something it happened this series but that's an outlier you can't you can't expect that all the time so if he's gonna go one for eight on twos for for a game or two that's not good and and even if he ends up scoring 20 something points like okay yeah he scored a lot of points but that one for eight on twos is very concerning and that's that that can't happen that can't happen yeah you know, again, we're not we're not there yet, but I almost want to say that James Harden might be the X factor if the yeah. Sixers play the Celtics. Just you know, in his efficiency yeah. specifically, efficiency from efficiency because, yeah, man. Because again, he's gonna have some tough tough matchups. I mean, it's not gonna be it's not gonna no. be smooth sailing, <laughs> easy easy no, matchups to get to the hoop or to. To do whatever to you know, game one I thought he did a really good job of managing the game yeah. uh, to help Sixers gradually extend that lead. I just don't know how well he's going to be able to manage against the Celtics night in night out with the defenders they're going to throw at him. Like you said earlier though, Tyrese Maxey, like I mean, does that create an opportunity for him? Hopefully, because you know the hope is obviously if they take one, they t- they can't take both those guys away. If they take both those guys away, right. it's it's series over. We're getting swept, like <laughs> you know. Um, but if I don't know, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough to tell um, because it's hard to even think through matchups. Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, um, Brogdon—they got some dudes. And this is something I think is gonna be really good for the preview episode because we can really, yes, we can really get into a lot of this. Right, and we've seen them four times this year. 
obviously Boston, and so it's easy to look back at some of those. And Embiid went off several times. Yeah. Again, we don't know what the defense on him is going to look like. I don't. Right. I don't think I even fully expected the Nets. They're Double team, triple team. Every time Embiid touched the ball, that was, like, their only, this that was the only way they were going to beat the Sixers if they did that. And didn't right, work. and they still couldn't. So, <laughs> um, yeah, James Harden, Tyrese Maxey. That's going to be interesting to watch and see how the Celtics choose to defend them. Because I mean, let's be honest. Like they're probably more worried about Maxey's ability to score. Yeah. But Harden's ability to create for others, like if they can get in his face and get in his grill and make sure he can't do that. Anyway, that's what they're going to try and do. That's what we think. But we're going to talk more about that uh, coming up when we officially know Sixers are going to play the Celtics. But, um, yeah, I think that's it for this round one recap episode. Get the brooms. Sixers sweep the nets. Um, again, we're getting we're getting into some, into some details. But overall, here on Planet 76, we are very pleased. Uh, with the Sixers' performance, doing exactly what they're supposed to do, yes. to be expected, taking care of business, whatever you want to say. Uh, Sixers did it. They did it without their big fella to close it out in Brooklyn in Game 4. So um, fives are up, and uh, we'll see you next time on our Round 2 preview episode. Sixers and either the Celtics or the Atlanta Hawks, and we will see you then. Peace. you are a Philadelphia 76ers fan, this is the podcast for you. Planet 76, a weekly podcast covering all things Philadelphia 76ers. We'll see you next time.